Hey, welcome back to Stepping Forward Podcast. We are here today with Jennifer Conkey, and she is with Leadership Coaching, Lead Hership Coaching, which we are going to talk about a little bit more. <laughs> welcome to our podcast, Jennifer. We're excited to have you. Thank you. Um, so tell us a little bit about your situation. You have four kids, but yes. tell me about that. That's <laughs> a few kids, but not for Utah. It's not that bad. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess it's small potatoes compared to what you guys are used to over there. <laughs> I am. Um, yeah. So Stacy and I met about, God, it's, it's like four and a half years ago, mm-hmm. I think. So, and we started dating when our youngest, we have four kids. Our youngest was one at the time. So I had, when we met, I had the twins who were three. They were just about to be four. Okay. And she had Cody and Lizzie and Cody had just turned three and Lizzie was one. Okay. So I had been divorced and separated for a while Uh and um, she had been separated and going through a divorce and we started dating. And so when we started dating and the kids started playing and we just kind of like, things just kind of, you know, felt right. Uh (laughs) Yeah. And I think it was, it took about six months before I was, I, we moved in together. I had an opportunity to um, go move to San Francisco and get this, this job. And um, I really, I was really excited about the opportunity, but then she showed me the, the way of, hey, if you want to flip in real estate, I can I can show you how. And like these are the things that we could do and had always wanted to be doing that. Uh-huh. So she sort of trained me and she's kind of a famous trainer in her niche of the world, in, in the real estate world uh, for training people. And she does a lot of really good work with that. So I didn't know of her then by any means. I mean, now that I know about her, I would have been like, whoa, wait a minute. But I didn't know, you know any better. So right. um, I pretty much just gave up on the whole corporate America plan. And, you know, and I had some people in my family that kind of were relying on me. My mom was like having some back surgery and going through some problems. And so she wasn't going to be able to provide the support in childcare when I got to San Francisco after all. Okay. And there was just some other situations. I was like, man, I guess it's time to finally take that leap. You know, I I need to just go ahead and take the leap. And and so I did. And so I resigned from corporate America. um, And I haven't looked back. Stacy really, she taught me everything that I needed to know. And and I have not looked back in terms of being an entrepreneur. It's awesome. That's amazing. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's been cool. So we, that's how we kind of met and how we started dating and why we ended up moving in together. Okay. Yeah. Did your kids get along pretty well with each other right from the start? No. <laughs> Good God, no. <laughs> Good God, no. I'd be lying if I said it was easy. So, uh-huh. you know, you think about it. The twins, they have, uh, they're twins. So they shared a really tight space. Yeah. So they don't really have any spatial awareness. Right? <laughs> yeah. And, and they've never really had to worry about somebody, you know, coming and taking their stuff because they take each other's stuff all the time. So oh, they never uh-huh. really had anything to themselves. So you think about that amount of energy coming into a house where you have Cody and he's super introverted, really uh-huh. sweet kid, but he was perfectly content to sit in a corner and play with trains. Uh-huh. And the twins were like, Oh, you have trains. Cool. Taking his stuff. <laughs> so no, to answer your question, no. But then Lizzie was only one. She's a happy baby. She's like, I want to do what everyone's doing. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I would say that Cody was probably the one that struggled the most because he had to make the most adjustments. That makes sense. And it took him a while to adjust. But uh-huh. yeah, he, his whole world was just tossed upside down. He had these two high energetic 
twins that were right. super extroverted coming in and he's introverting. He's like, wait, no, this is mine. This is mine. <laughs> <laughs> he did everything that's natural for a kid at that age. Right. But, right. Yeah. So no, no, they did not. At first. <laughs> so what helped you get into that transition of the group? Like this is our family now and we're all together. Well, the first, the first thing that we did is we didn't force it. Uh-huh. We absolutely did not force it. Uh, I, I was really big on it. I, I had to have a blended family situation in my youth. So, you know, my parents got a divorce when I was young and my dad went through a marriage and then he went through another marriage. So I got blended twice. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And I just, yeah, I got blended once when I was, you know, six and then, and then again when I was 13. Yeah. And so it was much harder at 13. Uh-huh. One of the first things that, um, that Susie and I talked about was like, they're really young, they're really resilient and, and we just need to try and make it as smooth as possible because they, they're, they're just young kids and their whole world is different. So let's be respectful of that. So we didn't force anything. We wanted everything to happen organically. Uh-huh. And, and, and that took a while. So when we moved in, uh, we ended up getting a brand new like lease and a bigger home because mm-hmm. when we first moved in together, we had all four of them in one room uh-huh. until that lease was up. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then we got into a house that could actually, you know, they can run and play. And, and that's when things really got better because it wasn't such a tight yeah. space anymore. Yeah. They were able to, you know, run and play and be free. And then on top of that, it wasn't a, this is my house and you're invading it. It's a oh, it's our new house and we're together. And so it was kind of like the catalyst that helped us. Mm-hmm. And then we put the boys in a room and with the girls in a room, which, you know, it was it, it was a, a brand new sibling that, mm-hmm. that they were living with. And those boundaries and going through that process was, um, it was challenging the first year. It yeah. really was because, you know, they were starting in, a, in school, mm-hmm. right? They were had been in preschool. Now they're going to start transitional kindergarten. And it's mm-hmm. like, whoa, a lot of new changes, you know, in the world. So yeah, yeah, it was not easy in the beginning. Blending, yeah. it took a strategy. And, and I, I will highly recommend using an organic strategy. Mm-hmm. Just let it happen. Mm-hmm. Don't force it. I think that's such a good option because you've talked about communication, you talked about boundaries and you talked about strategy and just kind of letting those things. And I think a lot of step parents go into it unintentionally. So they don't see like the, um, the intention behind, like, how do we need to make this happen for our kids and how do we get to help them? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of times adults are, um, so focused on the newness of the relationship that you forget the little people. Right. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, I've been on that side of the coin where I was a little person uh-huh. and, and my dad handled it really well in his first marriage. That was not my mom. So when I got blended in with my first family, I still consider uh, my stepsister from that family. One of my sisters. And I still consider that stepmom my mom. Uh-huh. She had me since I was three. It was actually, I was three when they got married, but by the time I came to live with them, I was six. Okay. But she's, she's still, you know, you'll see her. I tag her on Facebook all the time. It's Linda Conkey. That's my stepmom that raised me since I was three. Uh-huh. And my biological mom is Anne. So you'll see her on Facebook too. It's like, she'll tag. And it's just like, it, I don't know any different. Both of them, both of them have love for me. Yeah. They both play different roles. And it's just, you know, my, my mom, Linda could never take away or fill the void of my, my biological mother and my biological mother could never fulfill what Linda did for me mm-hmm. either. So it's, it's like, you know, each one provided something. And, and I think that it's just really important to let the barriers down, like titles aside, think about the kid. And so that's how Stacy and I tried to handle it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a really cool, 
I know you might want to ask another question, but I have another question. Okay, so um, like speaking of that, so Stacy and my ex-wife get along really well. Uh And I I could not have asked, I could not have gotten luckier. So they get along really well. They talk and it's just, it's a really good situation. There's, there's no, um, there's no threat or issue there. Mm -hmm. And so, and the kids, the twins recognize that they have three moms. They will tell you straight out. I have three moms and a donor. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) The other day we were at the doctor and the doctor asked Adrienne a question about her dad. She said, I don't have a dad. I have a donor and three moms. (laughs) And I was just like, because we explained it to them pretty early on. Right. And so Stacy and my ex-wife get along really well to the point where when my ex-wife was having car problems, like Stacy provided her a car that she wasn't using anymore. And and this was very early on. So that way that that she could still see the kids. And so we made all these arrangements and we just worked together to co-parent. And I felt like that was the catalyst and that just set the tone for how comfortable they would be with Stacy, wow, right? And, and that's then awesome. they see their mother, their biological mother, being respected by by Stacy, mm-hmm. and that just you know that opens them up to her mm-hmm. and, and trusting her. So I think it was it was a really big deal that she did it that way. It, she did a great job. I did not do it so great. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. You had some history together that makes it harder, I think. And I'm sure you're in yeah. a better place now. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you actually led right into what I was going to ask about, which was the relationship with biological parents on the other side. So what about um, the other two, the father of the other two? So Stacey's uh, ex, yeah. how do you guys get along with him? Now? It's fine. Okay, good. <laughs> it's been a journey. Um, you know, he's he's a really good dad. I'm just going to go ahead and just th- just start with that. He's a really good dad. Mm-hmm. And the way that he is about his kids and how much he loves mm-hmm. his kids, I respect it. I think that he has the best of intentions. I think that early on, um, there may have been some charged emotions around the fact that Stacy ended up with a woman. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I, I don't know, I, I can't speak from his perspective on it. Um, he said it had a lot to do with his religious beliefs. Okay. And Stacy kept maintaining that that couldn't have been the case because of all the things that she knew about him for 16 years and him not having a problem with it. So um, she, she had her own ideas about why he might have been so upset. And, you know, I just, I, I don't want to, I, I, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. You know, mm-hmm. I, it's not my business why he had that emotional yeah. charge. All I know is that yeah. uh, we didn't get along at first and, Unfortunately, I think that the two of us are a lot alike. So if we ever feel disrespected, you know, it, it triggers and we're both really alpha individuals that mm-hmm. are, you know, we're not going to be disrespected. So it took a while. It, it took a long while. And, um, and, but we've, you know, tried to be reaching mutual ground and now it's really crazy, but <laughs> I see him every morning when I drop off the kids and it's like, Hey, dude, how are you doing? And we talk and, and you know, it's mm-hmm. like, I there's no negative energy there. And I think that he knows now that I have his kid's best interest. I'm not trying to replace him by any means. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and there, there's really no way that I even could, even if I wanted to, and I don't want to, but even if I wanted to, I couldn't, you can't, yeah. you cannot replace somebody's biological parent. You just, you can't, there's, right. it's not even possible. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think that now he realizes that, you know, I'm not trying to talk bad about him because I don't, I think he's a good dad. I don't talk bad about him. Mm -hmm. He's a good father. And I think that the kids, 
they know that I'm not going to say anything bad about him. And I don't know if he thought that that's what was happening or what, you know, you can go back in time and, right. and wonder God, I wonder what happened. But I think that now all I care about is now and mm-hmm. now everything's cool and it's, it's a lot calmer and there's no hard feelings. We've just all kind of moved on and the communication is better. But that part was, that part was a struggle. And I think that the reason why is because of the gender difference. I, I think that the whole, you know, the whole thing was just a, it to him. I think it was like from left field uh-huh. and it probably left him questioning things, which I tried to, I tried to be sensitive to that and just, cause that's, it's a touchy topic. Yeah. But I don't think it has anything to do with him as an individual. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and hopefully he's got peace with that. Yeah. So it didn't have anything to do with him as an individual. It's just, you know, you like what you like. <laughs> <laughs> I have a follow-up question about that because a lot of our parents, the step parents that listen to the podcast are still in the struggle. Um, what things did you do or did Stacy do that helped with your exes um, to make like things easier with your blended family? Um, I think it was just about mutual respect. So it's really hard to show respect when you don't feel like you're being respected. Mm-hmm. It's probably the hardest thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that the biggest thing where I noticed a shift in my relationship with her ex is I started modeling what Stacy was doing and what Stacy was doing when she was meeting them in their world, both of them, uh-huh. my ex and her ex. She just met them wherever they were whatever their model of the world is. And she stepped into it and and she maintained a connection or a rapport with them and, and navigated through that pretty seamlessly. So I just started to model what she was doing. And I noticed that that's how she kind of handled it. She stepped into whatever energy they, they had. She, if it was a a wound up energy, she would try to help diffuse it and bring it down and add calm or, Uh you know, she was just, she's really good at that stuff. So I just started learning from her by watching. Right. And then I just started implementing it. But I would say if she were here, she would, she would give the advice of meet them where they are in, in life and, or in that situation and try to understand things from their perspective. Yeah. Try to listen to how they communicate. Like you can see what somebody's passionate about by what they're saying, but more importantly, what they're not saying. Uh-huh. So you have to pay attention to both and um, try as hard as you can not to cross a barrier that will trigger them. So you find out what their triggers are in those barriers where they start to get their feathers ruffled a little bit. Whoa. Uh, and you can, you realize, Oh that, God, that must, that might be a trigger for them. Mm-hmm. And how can I assure them that I'm not trying to um, threaten them anyway or intimidate right. them or take something away. I'm not trying to uh, like force myself into this situation. I'm literally, I have the best interest of their child uh-huh. in, in mind. And, and you just got to stay in that zone. You know, if, the, if everybody operates in what's the best interest for the kid yeah. 10 years from now, is any of this going to matter? If the answer is yes, then definitely you got to figure it out. And I think as step parents, you have to step back and, and let the bio parents figure out, you know, what it is. If it's a serious situation, that's health related, medically, surgical, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. I think that, you know, you need to give that space and be a part of it because you obviously parent. And I think as a as step parents, especially if you're the one that's spending the most time with the kid and nobody's acknowledging that from the other side, uh-huh. it can, it can, you know, get a little bit like, well, hold on a second. I'm raising your children just as much as you are. And you won't acknowledge me. And that is really messed up. Right. Mm-hmm. But I had to let go of that. 
I had to let go of that. For two years, I was wound up like, I'm, I'm, I'm literally, I taught these kids how to pee on a toilet. Uh-huh. Right. You know, like, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kimmy, throw me a bone. I'm working my butt off trying to help your kids. And it, it's, it has nothing to do with you. And, and so over the course of time, I just had to calm down and realize he's in here. He doesn't care about what I'm doing over here and, right. and or get worked up about it. Like that's not his interest. His interest is his child or his children. Yeah. And so just yeah. take that into consideration. I think that's a huge thing I see a lot with step parents that we personalize things that are not about us and it causes a lot of problems and with bio parents too. But yeah, yeah. that's true too. Yeah. Everybody does it. Uh Everybody on both sides has, you know, you have your agenda and you know what you want to do and you just got to make sure that that agenda is all about the kid Mm -hmm. or the kids. And as long as it is, I I see that mutual respect and um, you know, a little bit of leeway comes into play once once that seems to be the, the prominent tone on what's actually happening. So right. Definitely. So I know that we have some listeners who are in same sex relationships or different areas of the LGBTQ community. And I know a lot of them that are my friends have told me they face, you know, stereotypes and judgments um, that I don't even think about you know, as a heteronormative person, you know, and I'm like, okay, I'm trying to adjust my view and be more aware of that. But do you feel like there's anything that you can speak to or any advice you could give, or even just like maybe point out to people what some of those judgments or prejudices are so that we can work on that, you know, like what, what can we do? (laughs) I, you know, the thing is that, um, I'm, I'm sort of blessed because I, I choose to live in San Diego where it's not really a big deal. You still see pockets of it. Right. But um, I have lived in areas where it has been a big deal. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that the biggest thing to remember as you're going through it and as you're, as you're talking to people from my perspective is just to educate your child, you know, um, educate your child that this is, this is, the way that our family is, this is every family looks different. There's all kinds of books out there. I don't know how many people know that, but mm-hmm. there are all kinds of books out there. There was literally a book that I bought. It's the, the P the P that was me. That, that's the book that I read to the twins when they were five. So they know, you know, and so they know they have a donor and they've known that since they were five, but I did not want them to get to 10 years old and then think I lied to them right. and that they were just misled. Cause that would, that's like, uh, to me, that's worse. Yeah, I want them yeah. to be educated and be able to answer questions. Um, and I think that because I did it that way, now when they're in school and it's Mother's Day, um, you know, I I've never when my ex and I planned on having them, we decided pretty early that we would never want them to go without celebrating somebody on Father's Day. Uh-huh. So she took Mother's Day, I took Father's Day. Ironically, she's obviously listed as the mother on the birth certificate, and I'm listed as the father on the birth certificate. Okay. Literally says father, and it's my name. Oh my god! It doesn't say parent; it says father, right? Uh-huh. So, but when it comes to Father's Day, and they're at school, my kids will literally say, "Oh," or when it's Mother's Day, they say, "Oh, I need to get, I need to make something for my mirror, who's their biological mother, and and mommy Stacy." And then when it's Father's Day, it's, oh, I need to make something for my mom. And in the beginning, you know, they were like, wait, Mother's Mother's Day was. Uh-huh. So I just helped them by telling the teacher very early on, like day one or week one, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is the situation. This is the family dynamic. And just, you know, I, I've never wanted the twins to feel like they didn't have somebody to celebrate. 
And even when Stacey and I first got together, she was like, oh, I don't know about that. Like it was for her, I think that um, for her, she was, she struggled with it because she was like, I just, I can't see Cody and Lizzie, you know, that's wow. And so, and and I, and I understood and I said, yeah, I I understand that that's not the way that you want to do it. I would never expect them that they need to celebrate that with me, but, Mm -hmm. but that's just how it is for the twins. They don't have anybody to celebrate and I don't want them sitting in a corner going, God, I really wish I had a dad. I wish I had one of those. I want them to celebrate their parents. And and if they celebrate two moms on mother's day, but nobody on father's day, that's not going to feel cool. So there's little things that, you know, as a society, the structure, the infrastructure sometimes makes it a little confusing for the parent or the yeah. kid. Mm-hmm. Mother's Day and Father's Day is one of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I, and then when they get in a kindergarten, they draw their family tree, like they have to explain it. So I try to just grease the skids with the teacher and explain things a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but here in San Diego, it's easy. It's easy because it's just, it's no, nobody, it, you see just as many, you know, LGBT, like walking down the street as you would straight people uh-huh. when yeah. you get to certain pockets. It's just, it's not an issue. And all of my, my kids have at least three different sets of parents that they are IVF kids from two moms. Okay. Right. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. <laughs> that does make sense. <laughs> um, I think, I think that for, for those that, that are struggling with that, that don't live in that type of area, you just really got to be square with who you are and be comfortable yeah. in your own skin. And just mm-hmm. a lot of education for your child and teaching them how to advocate for themselves, assert themselves and stick up for themselves. If anybody's going to, push or bully them on yeah. things. Yeah, that'd be my advice. I love that advice. That's great advice. <laughs> I think like even yeah. just, you know, blended families in general, uh, before we moved up to the Salt Lake area, we were down in a more rural area. And it was at first a lot of the teachers were like, wait, what? You're a blended family? And it was kind of surprising to them. And I'm like, okay, it's not that uncommon, guys. Come on. (laughs) You know, but I agree, like being really straightforward with the teacher saying, hey, this is um, what our family's like. If, um, you know, you need me to donate money so she can make two of something on Mother's Day and two of something on Father's Day, let me know. (laughs) Because, you know, a lot of the teachers are paying for that out of their own pocket. And Blended families can make things add up a lot faster, but, um, (laughs) you know, I think most educators, if you just let them know what's up, they're like, oh yeah, we can accommodate that, you know? Yeah. It it goes right back to doing what's best for the child, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, the blended family situation or the same sex family situation. You don't want to cause any PTSD in a child. Like that's just messed up. (laughs) Right. Let's all just think about that for five seconds before we get too wrapped up in our own ego or agenda. So, yeah, you know, I've, I've been very fortunate to to have some pretty cool teachers that are just like, oh, man, I'm no problem. Awesome. Um, I haven't had a, you know, I haven't had any, any backlash for that yet. Neither have the kids. Good. So really fortunate. For That's it. super helpful. I love to hear that. Thank honestly, you. like, <laughs> yay. I went to a conference last spring and they talked about the prevalence of mental illness in um, divorced families. And I think about that a lot because you hear about people who are just um, so hellbent on hurting their ex-partner through the kids. Did you ever experience anything like that? Or was it just kind of like, we don't know where the boundaries are and we all want to be respected? Um, do you mean in my childhood or between Stacy and I in our current situation? Either one, actually. Okay. Well, in my childhood, yes. Okay. <laughs> in in our situation, no. I don't feel that anybody did anything to... Um, the, the detriment of the kids. I, I just mm-hmm. really don't feel that way. I felt like Good. 
as much as everything was chaotic on one side of the fence mm -hmm. and disruptive, I don't feel that anything was ever directed towards the kids, which, yeah. you know, if had it been, I, I probably would have said something and, and done something about it because in my experience growing up, um, you know, my mom loved her to death, but you know, my dad was extracurricular in his activities, if okay. you follow. Yep. And so my stepmother was not exactly, you know, excited or my mom was not excited about my stepmom. And, mm -hmm. and, and so the wedding happened and I was three and I was the ring bearer or the flower girl. And my, my mom found out the day of that this oh, was wow. happening. So yeah, there was a lot of shock and awe and what and disrespect. And so, you know, it was just wild. It was wild to watch as a child when I, there are memories where I had when I was three and I was like, wow, they really don't like each other. And it felt, wow. it felt really bad because I liked her. I liked my stepmom and I obviously loved my mom. So it was just really mm -hmm. torn. You feel torn. And yeah. so I feel like it's just, it's so, it's so much more healthy uh -huh. to try and, try and work it out for the kid. Cause they're sponges, right. From zero to five, they're just, they're just taking it all in. Mm -hmm. and, and that's when they, that's when they make decisions about what to believe in. Uh -huh. and so, you know, if they see you fighting over like money, then they might make the decision that money is bad. Mm -hmm. and it's just so if they see you fighting over them they make the decision oh I'm bad yeah there's so many different things because they don't know so it's just yeah. really important they like, keep the child like the primary focus mm -hmm. not not ego that's yeah it was a big thing for Stacy and I when we first got together we we do not want to mess up our kids yeah. at all so we just took a very organic slow methodical approach mm -hmm. one of the biggest things that we did that I feel like was the catalyst was we dated our kids. So mm -hmm. in the very beginning, um, you know, you think about I'm coming in with the twins. She's coming in with these two and, and Cody and Lizzie and Adrian and Lark, the, the twins, all four of them. I had a role of where I was like the stay at home mom that took care of all of them for like two years straight. And mm -hmm. during that period, I got super connected mm -hmm. with Cody and Lizzie to the point where it's like, they call me mom. I never told them they had to, they just mm -hmm. chose to. And it's like, I would never force them to call me something that they didn't want to call me. Right. They just called me that. And I was like, cool. But then my kids were like, well, wait a minute, you're my mom. Yeah. So, right. And so then Cody and Lizzie were like, oh, well, I don't want to make them mad. And so, you know, just having that open conversation with my own kids, like, hey, it's okay. You know, if they call me this, it doesn't mean I love you any less. In fact, I want to show you like, we can still spend time together because they were very worried about how much time they were going to get by sharing me. So you go through that awkward phase of as you are like falling in love with your stepchildren and it's literally a different relationship because they choose you. They get to choose whether or not they want to do that. Mm -hmm. And if they choose you, it's like, oh, I won, you know, <laughs> yeah. they don't like, you know, like you're not doing your part. You're the grown up, like do your part. So I would date, we would date each of our kids so that we can increase the bonds. And they still felt like they got time together because they're so young. It's like they're before five. Right. And they still need that mommy time. They need that one-on-one -on -one time. So mm -hmm. we had a pretty cool strategy for a 12-month period where we would take each kid out for a date just for a couple of hours, then come pick up the next one and take them out That's for a awesome. date. So, yeah. <laughs> and it was really cool. Yeah. They loved it. In fact, just the other day, one of the kids, I think it was Adrian, asked me, Mommy, when are we going to do dates again? And I was uh -huh. like, oh, yeah. That's a good yeah. idea. We should do that. <laughs> Four years ago. Okay. <laughs> but they want it again. And I'm like, man, pretty soon they're going to be 13. They're going to be like, uh, I don't want to date you. Yeah. <laughs> no. I want to date them. Done with right. it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. right. Well, Jennifer, really quick, can you tell us about leadership coaching and training? 
Oh, sure. Uh, well, so what do you want to know? We, <laughs> we established this business. So when we first, when I resigned from, from corporate America and started doing real estate, uh, while I was doing real estate, I started my own consulting company also. And it was JMC consultants and started like producing a bunch of content and doing all these things plus doing real estate. Then our real estate got really big. So I put my consulting thing on the back burner and started doing all these real estate flips and things and learning that. And then during that process, I was talking to a bunch of women during the process that were like, oh man, I just, I don't feel like I can talk to contractors because you know, it's a man's world and uh-huh. hearing a lot of things like women were leaving jobs because of a dominated male industry or not being able to assert themselves or advocate for themselves. And I was like, man, this has to stop. Yeah. I, I got to figure out how to get these ladies empowered. And so since the real estate business was, you know, the market that we were in is slowly dying and there was like oversaturation, there was an opportunity for us to just, okay, we won't do any more flips. Let's shift the focus and come over here. And so we spun off my existing consulting business and, and just came up with, well, how can we help women in business? Uh-huh. And then we had somebody come up with a name for us. We hired someone that helped us. And he was like, yeah, somebody in my network thinks you should name it leadership. And I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> right? That's perfect. Uh-huh. So, you know, we just barely started it in April under that brand name mm-hmm. and started helping a lot of people within the business world that are business owners. Um, some of them are women, some of them are married couples, but uh-huh. what we do is we we provide a service where if you work in corporate America and you have a nine to five and you're just like, oh, I need a side hustle because I want some sort of escape plan to build a business, then I tell them, oh, you could do a side hustle. We'll teach you how to take an idea and track it all the way through. Or if you have a current business, then we come in and we help you figure out how to get better revenue, more revenue and scale that business. Okay. So I love everything that you're doing with your company. I think it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I love the things that you've talked about to help um, men and women and couples and just everybody move forward and make progress. If people want to look you up, where can they find you? Social media, website, all that kind of stuff. So www.leadhershipapp.com. So leadhershipapp.com. Awesome. Awesome. And it's... uh, yeah, on that app, you can find anything out. Okay. So cool. Thank you so much. It's yeah. been a pleasure Thank to you. get to chat with you. Thank you very much. May, make sure you edit the hell out of that so I don't like offend. <laughs> I don't think Not you are going to offend anyone, honestly. <laughs> Only what love in this heart. Don't know it all, but it's a start. No room for hate. No room for greed. Love, love